What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages eight to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's podcast is different than any other, super stoked, I think. So episode 118 I did with Dr. Ryan and with Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller and his wife Annalyn had written a book called Incredible Parent and with that book came an assessment where you could go take an assessment online and learn what your strengths as a parent are. So I took the assessment, I read the book, my wife read the book, and then once you do that, if you wanted, you could get a, you could go through coaching with uh, an incredible parent coach to help you understand how to work in your strengths. And so this episode is my wife, Sarah, and I getting coached from Dr. Ryan himself. So you get to hear us basically in a counseling session, hearing how, as we discover the strengths how it helps us, or I should say is going to help us better work together. And uh, yeah, I get called out on some stuff and uh, I think it's good. I think it's good. There's a lot of ahas. So it is a little interesting as it's a counseling session or a coaching session, if you will, but check it out. And I would encourage you highly go to incrediblefamily.com get the book. If you order the book, read through it. And then once you do that, then take the assessment and see where your top strengths are as a parent so that you can start working from that and build the incredible family that you so desire. Enjoy this coaching conversation. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. Really excited for this. I've got my wife, Sarah, sitting here, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Ryan Darby about the Incredible Parents Strengths Assessment. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited about this. So just to give some context, Dr. Ryan... Brandon and I did a podcast at the beginning of the year, it was episode 118, where we talked about a book that Brandon and his wife, Annalyn, had written called Incredible Parent. And then Dr. Darby had created a uh, assessment with them that goes along with this. And so since then, my wife and I have read the book. We have our assessments in hand, if you can hear that actual paper, and we're going to go through a coaching call because once you go through the assessment, if you as a parent or as a couple want to go through coaching, you can do that. So I thought what better than for us to record that for other parents to hear what that looks like, and it might open up some opportunities um, for them to do that themselves. So that is why we're here today. So cool. What did you all think of the book? It's good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I um, underlined quite a bit. So I think whenever you're reading a book like that, too, and you're trying to see things about yourself, 
it's easier to read because you see all these things that are about yourself that you're like, oh, I identify with that. Oh, I identify with that. Yeah. What I love in that is it really does take a different look to parenting. It's a lot of parenting books. We're reading them. We're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And this is the book is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I am doing that. I am doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's true. Boost in who you are. So awesome. All right. Let's dive in. You ready to get a little bit of coaching around your strengths? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's start with uh, Sarah first. So uh, for those of you listening, for those of you that haven't taken the assessment yet, when you take the Incredible Parent Assessment, it'll give you a list of 12 strengths and it'll rank order them. So it'll say, hey, here's the ones that are most intense in you. And you probably use this a lot. And then it'll go down until finally your 12th, which is something you probably hardly ever use. We like to think of the, the top six, your first six as being your super six. These are things you use pretty regularly. They're probably a part of who you are as a parent. They probably bring you a whole lot of energy, a whole lot of joy. And they probably help you feel successful. The things in your, your bottom six or what we call your supporting six are things that can help your parenting. But if you spend all your time there, you end up feeling like exhausted. You end up feeling not successful because it doesn't come supernatural to you. So to the extent possible, we want to keep you focused on the things that are best in you, which is probably those things at the top. So yes, that sounds good. Sarah, uh, want to tell everybody your super six? Uh, inspiration was number one and then trainer and then defender, advisor, organizer, and gracious. Nice. And what were your first, what was your first reaction when you saw your report and read through some of your strengths? I felt like it was spot on. Um, I saw aspects in each of them that, um, it's funny on the same ones that Ned, that were on the top six for Ned that we matched up on, there was definite parts that I'm like, Oh, Ned's good at that part. And I'm not good at that part (laughs) within, within that um, description. Yeah. That's your inspiration, right? Ned, you have inspiration pretty high too, right? Yeah. We have three that are matching, but yes. Okay. What are your, what are your super six? Fortitude, tenderness, inspiration, trainer, advisor and objectivity. Nice. So you two share inspiration, trainer, advisor, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ned, what was your first reaction to your super six? Um, I think I overthink things. Uh, (laughs) so I think the words, yeah. Yeah. I'm nodding <laughs> for those of you who are listening. I'm nodding. Uh, I overthink Absolutely. things. Absolutely. So I re I think I read a lot into the word, but then once I read the description, then I went, oh, okay, that is, that is right on us. But I mean, we, when we were kind of reviewing before we made the call, we shared our number one and fortitude and Sarah's like laughing her head, laughing, shaking her head like this. That is exactly yeah. uh, a, you. So yeah. What is it about fortitude that is exactly you? Uh, just relentless. Yeah. So I'm just relentless every day in every aspect, even if it's exhausting, even if I fail, then I'll try again. So. Love it. Very true. Are you somebody that pursues goals? Do you feel like you live life fully? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost to a fault where I want every day to be an epic movie. Um, So that can be exhausting for those around me. 
You're, you're the type yeah. of person that needs that soundtrack. Like when you walk around, the soundtrack is going. It's like the epic music, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he does. Yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you on the flip side, do you, are you a little stubborn? Yes, for sure. Sarah, is he stubborn? Yes. Yeah. Well, he th- he always thinks he's right. Okay. So that, that would be stubborn. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so this is the, the power in the fortitude strength. So we're going to look at this one first. So the fortitude strength, it really is about having this firm commitment to the right things. Like you live your life to do the right things. And when you're not doing that, even by a little bit, it's like, that's wrong. I can't do that. It's very much sometimes you might view the world being kind of black and white. You're either living it the right way or you're kind of you're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That describes you exactly. So in parenting, where does that kind of black and white view that that like here here's a right way to parent and here's a wrong way to parent show up? I mean, I think it shows up all the time. Do you want to um well, sometimes you can be a little, you've gotten better, but you can be a little uh, unwavering when we have like a, a plan for something. Yes. And it he wants it to go exactly how he planned it because he planned it the right way. And that's the best way it's going to happen. Yep. And when, I mean, we have five kids. So when one kid is, oh, I'm going to a birthday party or a sleepover, that will throw his whole family night plan off. Definitely something that I'm more, I've been working on yeah. the last few years. And I think that it would throw me in a tailspin for the rest of the night. And it still does sometimes, mm-hmm. but it is definitely getting improvement. I mean, yeah, just, and I'd say that is with the fortitude because you're very much like, this is what we're doing. This is going to be best for our family. Right. We planned this and we need to stick to it. Well, and-, and I'm much more spontaneous and lax. And this is the strength of the strength, right? So you have this relentless pursuit to do the right things and you're like committed to the right things. And you're like, I have this and we're going to make this work. Now, the struggle of the strength is sometimes it's a commitment to the right processes and not the right outcomes. And so let Mm. me throw that back at you. So you want these like epic family nights and you're like, we're going to have this amazing night together. And I and because I love my family and I want us to bond, so we're going to have this amazing outcome, right? And sometimes maybe you're like, and the process is we're going to do movie night and everyone's going to be together and this and this and this. And then somebody threw a hijink in the process and you're like, no, now we can't get the outcome. Now the outcome's gone. Mm. And it throws, mm. throws you through. Yeah. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, for sure. If the plan, if the, the plan doesn't go the way I thought, then I don't think the outcome's going to happen. Um, and I want to be the spontaneous one who's like, there's room for fun stuff to just happen naturally, you know, but I'm such a planner that I don't always plan to make room for that. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it starts with that self-awareness that there is a difference between the outcomes and the process and focusing relentlessly on outcomes will help kind of. It'll help you stick to what matters most because we want to lean into that fortitude strength. I mean, it is the willpower, what makes you strong as a dad. But you also want to make sure that you realize that you, there's no such thing as perfect because you're a parent. Right. But that is really, I mean, it's. I'm very thankful that that is one of your top strengths because it is not mine. And 
things probably would never get done if it was just up to me. So, so now let's go over to your, your top strengths, inspiration. Tell us a little bit about what mm-hmm. that, that means to you. Um, when I read the description, it I feel like it describes me really well because I'm not always the most emotional. And so at first when I saw the word inspiration, I was like, I don't know that I'm very inspiring. But in the day-to-day and for their whole lives, I'm the one who I'm always in their corner. I'm always there taking them here, there, and everywhere, supporting them, getting them into things. Um, Yeah, I feel like I'm always doing that with them, challenging them. And um, like it says, you get great satisfaction from seeing your kid realize their talents, grow in confidence, and the best ways to express their strengths. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm always supporting them in that. It's awesome. And what does it do for your kids? How did they react to mom being there for them and lifting them up in so many ways? I think they're too busy now. <laughs> they think they can do anything and everything. And that's great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to answer that further. Yeah. I mean, I, when I think about Sarah's day-to-day life, it is 100% in support of the kids' passions and even my passion or passions. And so when I read the description for her, I feel the same way. Like she is inspiring us to be all that we can be and creating the opportunity, making the opportunity for it to happen. You said that way better, like creating the opportunity for that to happen. I feel like that's my biggest role in our family is supportive to everybody. Yeah. I love that. You you know, already, like I can hear like each of you finding this place and you probably already were aware of these, but this kind of gives you language around it that Mm -hmm. you, you, Sarah, you make the family happen. You build them up, you motivate Mm -hmm. them, all these great things are because you're there mm-hmm. saying, I got you back. I'm here. Let's let's do it. Let's lift up together. Uh, I mean, a lot of times we talk about the heart of the family. And I would say in this case, mm. the inspiration of the family. Now, Ned, you have this as well. Does it show up the same? So you, it's, I think it's number three for you, right? Yeah, I think it shows up different in the sense that if my kid comes to me and says, I really want to play soccer or I want to learn how to do X, Y, or Z, I'm like, yes, let's make it happen. Let's do it. But you come then, up with the plan. But then the execution, <laughs> it really comes down to then Sarah's the one who is figuring out the jockeying, getting everyone to gymnastics, soccer, tennis, volleyball, uh, snowboarding, uh, school, you know. So I feel like I have the strength, but I'm not executing it at the same level that Sarah is. Yeah. That's a good recognition on the difference in, in magnitude there. You know, Mm -hmm. I think about what you said earlier about you wanted every day epic. I really like that. And I see that as a combination of that inspiration and fortitude actually. So fortitude Mm -hmm. is, you know, I, I want like, there's a right way to live life and inspiration is, it's the best, like, I'm going to get there. I'm inspired to become and live these epic days. Uh, and then transferring that on to your kids. How do you two motivate your kids to become their best selves? Um, I say we lead by example a yeah. lot. 
Awesome. We've always been doing something and um, bringing them along and pushing them t- in new experiences. We've never been afraid to like leave them places and take them places and just um, expose them to a lot. Yeah, I'd agree. Like based on wherever we are in our, our life, you know, things have changed a lot in the last, our oldest is 15. And we were looking at pictures last night when they were real little and just, I mean, we didn't have a lot of resources at that time. And so where we are now, we've always figured out how to make things work for them with whatever we could, like the means that we had. Um, And we've always required them to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of open conversation. So I think even at our dinner time, I mean, maybe three, four nights a week, there's lots of conversation about what they're involved in, what we're involved in sharing, sharing for all of us. So I think that that's kind of that lead by example, and then challenge them and then try to hold them accountable when they say they want to do something. What strengths do you think are leading to the accountable portion of it? So I get the I get the hey, we're inspiring them. That's pretty that has to do with the inspiration we just talked about, but which one of your strengths accounts for the, the accountability? Um, I think it's trainer. Yeah. Um, I think in, within the walls of our home, we have very clear and maybe people would say pretty um, ambitious expectations for them. Like we have a family chore chart and they have individual chore charts and their family contributions, because we're a big family, and that's what it takes to make our family work and mm-hmm. function. Yeah. And so they've always had those expectations. It's not a question for them. And and I think that it has just kind of bled out into our lives as a family of when you commit to something, you follow through. And you if you say you're going to be there, you do it. And um And it's a constant battle though. So it's definitely not like our kids are happily (laughs) doing their chores every day. (laughs) No, but it's never a question of whether they have chores or not. Yes, for sure. So it's just like that constant uh, trainer, right? It goes to that trainer of continually going, okay, this is how we do things. This is why you you are losing this or that privilege now because you didn't follow through with what you already said you were going to do. So yeah, and that's a good one because we match up on that. So there's not a lot of conflict between us on that mm-hmm. particular um, strength. Yeah. I love that. So when we look at what kids really need from parents, you know, there's, there's a lot that they could need, but if we boiled it down into two big things, it's they need a lot of love. They need unconditional love and it needs to be expressed often. That warmth predicts so much. And then they need parents that expect a lot out of them. Right. So the warmth mm. predict them being happy, but the expectations predict them being successful and living a full life mm. and being productive as adults. And so for an effective launch to get kids that really are thriving, flourishing adults, it's I expect a lot and we're accountable for a lot, but also I'm going to love you a lot. <laughs> right? And you got those mm-hmm. pieces. Um, and so I love that you're together on expecting a lot. from It's wonderful. Which one of your strengths accounts for the warmth? So how do you, which one of your strengths do you feel like accounts for showing love and having their feeling this love? Well, you're high in tenderness. Yeah, for me, it'd be the tenderness one. Um, 
like I like to make my kids happy almost to a, I mean, I can see where it definitely becomes a fault sometimes. Like when my, when my 11 year old son comes up to me after like already doing something rad that day and he'll say, I'm bored, you know, because I've created this, like I make you happy all the time. So um, that can be a fault for me. But um, yeah, so I would say tenderness for me because I always want to make time to, to like hang with them and have fun with them. Um, I have gracious as one of my top six and I'd say that's a pretty good description and it makes sense that that's higher than sensitivity or tenderness for myself. Because like I said, in the beginning, I'm, I tend to not be that super sensitive, emotional in tune Uh person. I'm a more like just handle what you have to handle and get it done and move on. Uh And, um, but when I read the gracious um, strength, it's basically like I also move on really quickly yeah. as far as like forgive and forget. And yeah. it's a fresh start and um, and that sort of thing. So I think I can give that to our kids, that aspect. Um, not that I don't love them. They know I love them. And I've always, you know, I've been their caregiver since they were little babies and stuff like physical touch and hugs and all of that. But I'm not very sensitive. But what? Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) But I think that grace though, I I don't know anybody who shows more grace. I mean, because I think of all the stuff I do all the time and how, like if we were to get in a fight, like I hold on to it for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but she could move on and, and not move on in the sense of like sweep it under a rug and just pretend everything's cool. Like you literally just let it go. And, um, like if we're dealing with a kid, I can sometimes let it dictate my mood mm-hmm. afterwards. Whereas it doesn't, it's very quick for Sarah to to have that conversation with a kid and then let it go where my mind will, will dwell on it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what an amazing gift, right? Of forgiveness. So a lot of parents have trouble truly forgiving their kids and they'll, they'll forgive them over mm. a day or two. But in that, in that moment when our kids act up, there's a lot of parents that it's ruined the whole day. My kid was sassy and it's mm-hmm. like, we're, the whole day shot. We're going to fight the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But to forgive quickly is just so powerful for kids. And it's such an amazing gift. I love that, Sarah. Uh, Ned, there's two reasons why you hold on to things. And they both have to do with your strengths. Um, huh. As you look in your strength, can you identify two things that would cause you to keep thinking about the fight you just had or what went wrong? Um, well, I would say fortitude because I think there's a right way. And clearly my opinion is that this went the wrong way. Um, and then maybe objectivity because things weren't rational. Yeah. The objectivity is, is the thinking part. Like you're really trying to play back and understand and think through what could have been. And almost to the point with that fortitude where it might sometimes look like rumination where you're sitting there playing it. Like, well, what if I said this and it should have been this? Does that ever happen to you? That all the time. Yeah. Like you're an overthinker. I'm uh, overthinking yeah. all the time. Yeah. So how do you let those things go? I think that I finally come to like once the emotions subside and I can realize that I'm, I'm having a feeling and I need to feel it and then move on. Mm-hmm. I think once my head gets clear, I can go, okay, you know, like I think it's easily more easily relatable in a in like a argument with my wife and I for me to come to the wait a second. I know she loves me. I know she wants the best for me. I know she's looking out for me. It's not that she's 
um, wants ill will towards me. So I almost have to remind myself, like you're feeling negative feelings about things that aren't actually true. It's okay for you to see things differently. Yeah. I, that's awesome. Cause what you did is you actually leaned back into the objectivity of strength there. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with objectivity, it's a person that really like, they want to think rationally. They want their choices and their decisions to have very clear reasons for it. Almost to the point where sometimes the objectivity is like, no, no, I don't want to feel it. I need to think it through. I need to think this through. Ned, does that sound mm. familiar at all? Yeah, totally. And so what happened initially, what you're describing is something went wrong. Your fortitude was offended. It was like, this is the wrong way. Your objectivity is <laughs> thinking, okay, well, let's think this through. Let's think this through and causing you to ruminate. But then you did the exact right thing is you went back and said, nope, I'm going to use this strength in a positive way, question my own feelings and think more rationally through this. And so that's a great Makes example sense. of using that to get out of it. And so I would recommend in the future when you start feeling like that, that ill will or resentment, or even like the incident when you, the other night where it messed up family night, lean into that objectivity and just pause for a second and just say, is this rational? Is this like truly a rational decision? Right. Like being emotional about this. And then well, what's another way? And this is a golden question, by the way. Well, what's another way for me to think about this? Is there a more positive way to look at this? Is there a positive thing that could come from this? And that objectivity strength, if you can lean into that, I'll tell you what, it'll take your fortitude from being like gold that has some rough edges to just being shiny, shiny gold. Because then your fortitude is doing the, it's focused on outcomes and it's doing the right things for the outcomes, but it's loose enough on the process that it erases a lot of the conflict, a lot of the ruined moments or nights that you might've experienced. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's something I would love to lean into, not just for my own peace of mind, um, but I think I can put pressure on the family then, you know, when things don't go the way I think they're going to go. If I could deal with that in my head more than outwardly, I think it would cause probably more peace for Sarah and the kids. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But she has that gracious so high. She forgives you anyway. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it would be nice. <laughs> but it would be nice to not have to forgive so much, probably. <laughs> Sarah, tell me a little bit about this defender strength. It's number three. Um, we like to call that the mama bear strength. Um, tell me how it's for you. That's her nickname. Her nickname's Mama Bear. Yeah, for sure. Um. Well, I think this goes back to being a little bit even killed and um, there's not this word in strength, but justice. I use that word a lot to describe myself. Like I, I want things to be very just things aren't going to always be fair, but I feel like in the end they can be, they need to be just mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, Oh, it's in here. Principles of justice and equality. So that makes sense. Um, that's the heart of it, actually. Fairness, justice. That's the heart. Oh. Love that. that okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you can. Yeah. When I think about. You're good with words. I'm not as good. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Sarah is definitely the mama bear. I mean, we could just share lots of stories of her being protective of our kids, but not to the sense of not letting them experience Mm -hmm. real life, right there. She's not defending them 
to like be overprotective mom. I think that she's definitely willing to let them fall and let them fail because she knows that they'll learn from that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but she's definitely protector. Right. And as we were kind of talking about our matches and not matchers, it's almost like my tenderness can sometimes butt up against the defender. Right. Because I can be like, Oh, but those other kids at school, this, that, or the other, and you know, come from a bad home or whatever. And Sarah's like, yeah, but this isn't just that our kid is getting dealt with having to deal with this be, you know, or vice versa. I feel like I hold our kids to a pretty high, very high standard. Well, yeah. When it comes to those types of things, like relational things with other kids in school. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no doubt. Yeah. That defender, when it's, when it's going and it's strong, it's not just about your kids. It's like, well, is this just for everybody? (laughs) It's like, and that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. No, this needs to be fair. Um, where I see it show up a lot is actually sibling um, conflict. The defender will show up in how we mm. how we discipline around sibling conflict. So when your kids get into fights, what do you do, Sarah? Um, I usually try to assess what happened, hear from both of them. And I wouldn't say I'm super like calm and let's talk this out. I'm more of like what happened you were wrong and you need to think about why you were wrong and how that made the other person feel. And then you need to come back and talk to us about it. Awesome. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not a like, well, why did you do that? I'm sorry that you were feeling that way. And that made like, then you chose to do that. And I think that's great. And a lot of people can parent that way and talk to their kids that way. Yep. I'm just not one of them, which is why it's good that he's my partner. I was to say, but Ned, you are like that, right? You are like, he is. you're at all and let's, let's evaluate, right? Yeah. But then I might not get to the bottom of it mm-hmm. and right. it might just get drug out to then where my emotions get irritated because I'm not getting to um, both stories are not the same at all. <laughs> so we spend 20 minutes and then I get, irritated. Whereas I think, and that's probably good in some instances, depending on what the fight is or whatever, but you're quick. Where's the justice in this and then move on is probably, uh, probably more helpful. And depending on what the fight's about or disagreement, whatever. Well, it's different approaches. So I'll be clear. Yeah. Ned, sorry, I'm looking at your strengths. That's not you. That's not going to be you. So, so <laughs> yeah. you're not going to want to go in there and figure out, okay, who's wrong? Who's right? Okay. You're wrong. This is it. And I'm going, I'm fine. Right. Cause she's all taking in her gracious strength there too. She's figuring out what the issue is. Here's the just punishment discipline. You go, mm-hmm. I've already forgiven you. It's cool. As long as you do the discipline, whereas yours is probably much more slow and thoughtful and it messes with your tenderness. Your tenderness is hurting because now your kids are hurting and you're like, Oh, I want everyone yeah. to feel good. And how do we exit this feeling good? Um, and so yours is probably more, I would probably say, lack of a better word, touchy feeling, maybe a lot of more emotion. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm the crier of yeah. the Very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> here's the point, though, is you should lean into that. The way you discipline your kids should have that component where it's like, hey, we're crying together. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that you're hurting and I'm here with you. Because that's who right. Because they need that they too. Need they need that support and right. love. And I'm not always that good at giving that. But, well, what's interesting right. is I get super frustrated when I try to do it. Well, hear the stories and it be about justice. I just get super frustrated. So I'm probably right. just leaning into something that's not my strength. It's not you. You're 
your value system isn't around justice. Your value system is probably more around feeling loved and like showing effect. Mm, the heart. Accepted. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so that's how the way you discipline, it needs to focus on those different outcomes. So Sarah, she's about restoring justice. Something unfair was done. I need to restore this. You're yeah. about restoring the feelings and affection and restoring the relationship. And so- yeah. <laughs> so true. it's so funny because when our kids were little i used to make them i i just say all right just stop and just hug each other until i tell you to stop <laughs> so I just go just go straight to the touchy feely that was my my solution to two three-year-olds fighting with each other there's in the background being like nope one of them's at fault <laughs> right? yep. yeah totally totally yep. <laughs> and i'm i'm very big on taking responsibility for yeah, your for, for sure. your actions yep and that's just different. And that's actually okay. Like you're going to hear some parenting experts that say, nope, you need to be hundred percent consistent. That's not true. Mm-hmm. You need to be consistent to yourself because if you're trying mm-hmm. to parent like Sarah Ned, you're going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to be a long process. It's going to be awkward. Yeah. Your kids end up feeling like that was unfair. Like, cause at the end it wasn't fair because that's not your value system. And then Sarah, if you're going in there trying to make, okay, everyone needs to hug each other and tell them, you're going to walk away being like, that wasn't right at all. Nothing was done. So it really is about leaning into those aspects that you focus on, that you value in order to get the best out of your kids. They'll respond great to both. So, um, Sarah, I am actually interested. One thing that you said that stuck out to me. Um, mm-hmm. Do you make the children... Uh, when they act out, when they do something wrong, do they have to make amends for the things that they've done wrong? Yes. I love that. For sure. I love that. I'm a, and we're big proponents of amends making. I don't, like you can never make things right, but you sure as heck should try to, right? Yes. There was an instance recently. I mean, us, like probably every other parent that is intentionally parenting, We've always said to our kids, if you ever bully or make fun of someone at school, you're going to be in trouble more for that than anything else. Mm-hmm. And there was a recent instance where one of our children um, said something unkind at school. Mm-hmm. She didn't necessarily, she thought in her um, justification, she thought it was funny. She wasn't meaning it that way. But then we talked about how that would make her feel if it was X, Y, or Z. And, um, she's a little older now, so I didn't want to say, well, you have to go apologize. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've, we've done the work in instilling that making amends already. When you're in the wrong, you take Mm -hmm. responsibility for your actions and you make it right. And so I was very happy to hear the next day she came and told me that at school, she had gone up to the other person and apologized and said a few different things to her and I was just really proud because it wasn't something that I told her to do, but it was a clear expectation and she knew that that was the right thing to do. Mm. I love that. That's awesome. It's good. That's awesome. You, you know, your parenting is finally set in when they do the right thing. Cause it's right. I love mm-hmm. that. Even though she was completely wrong to begin with, but yeah. she owned up to that also because uh-huh. she knows that it's okay to make mistakes. And what strength led her to believe that? That it's okay to make mistakes? Uh-huh. I don't know which one that was. Gracious? Yeah, that's your gracious impression. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Probably, yeah. 
probably inspiration as well, right? That you can be better. It's okay. You can be better. It's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Take a better version of you. You're not locked into this. Yeah. But I think I can be viewed or I view myself even, and I have in the past as being pretty harsh. I'm pretty harsh with our kids or at home, my tone of voice and everything. Um, but I think that comes from me wanting justice and wanting them to um, take responsibility and owning up to a mistake, not just sweeping it under the rug and being like, oh, well, I'm just going to do this because I can. Yeah. No, that was wrong. And you need to you need to say sorry. And if you do, and if you mean it, then we can move on. Yep. Yep. That's great. There's probably another strength that you have that the trainer probably plays a role in the feeling that you have mm. maybe of being a little harsh. Mm. So yeah. Trainer. So this is going to sound odd. So you have both these strengths. Organizer is very concerned with structure. A trainer is very concerned with control. And I don't mean mm-hmm. control in like a negative way, but I mean actually that you're like, your children are doing the right things. They're doing the things that they mm-hmm. should be doing. And sometimes with when um, a person is very high in trainer, sometimes when the kids act out and they, because kids are kids, right? The trainer's like, nope, we got to come down hard to make sure the kids are doing the right thing. Um, and so it can come across harsh sometimes. Do you ever feel? That's for sure me. Yeah. So what do you do about that? How do you balance that that feeling of coming down with Ned balances me? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's it's been a lot of work over the last I mean, we've had our oldest is 15, so I feel like especially when we had four kids, three and under, I was very harsh and mm-hmm. like my expectations were very um mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say clear, but set, mm-hmm. very set. And I needed everything to be a certain way mm-hmm. to function. I think what set that all in motion was having, you know, not planned, but having four kids under the age of four. So, you know, what we've c- continued to kind of try to pay attention to is there was this season of life where it was like, we really don't even remember the whole first year of our twins being born because Brooklyn was three, Violet was one, and we had two brand new babies. Yeah. And I think that because the organizer piece is is helpful for her to function on a daily basis. Uh Um, Since that was probably thrown out of proportion almost every single day that to survive, she had to lean into the trainer on a harsher Mm -hmm. way. But then what happened was my tenderness and my fortitude made it worse Uh because when she would turn to becoming a harsh trainer, then my tenderness and fortitude is like, that's not the way we should be doing it. Uh So then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be me understanding her strength and coming alongside her and being tender to her. Yeah. It would be me leaning into fortitude and being like, you shouldn't be so, uh, you know, whatever. So then it just blew the whole thing up into more than it had to be. Yeah. And I think that's really what we've been working on the last year or two mm-hmm. to go, Hey, our kids aren't babies anymore. We're not changing a hundred diapers a day. We, we don't have to live in that same whirlwind. Yeah. yeah. That realization that you just had right there is is both the conflict and cooperation that comes from our strengths. So you two are different. So that trainer is really high. You have it too, Ned. And my guess is it looks like it's kind of what we what we'd call more of a growth strength, where it has potential there, but it's not necessarily core of who you are. You know, it's um, anyway. But you both have it, and it's really high for you, Sarah. And then mm-hmm. you have this this tenderness. 
that is like, whoa, wait, wait, that was too harsh. It's, it's acting up. Totally. And so yeah. two ways that we can do this, right? The tender, the trainer can be here and the tenderness can be like, nope, that was too much. And we can be knocking on each other and in conflict. Or it can be the trainer is going and the tenderness is like, hey, I'm going to hold you. We're, we're going to get through this together, right? And then you come mm-hmm. together and the tenderness sits on top of that trainer to make it a soft landing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. so there is a there is a space for cooperation, but at some point we got to flip from frustration with our partner and who our partner is to fast mm-hmm. fiction as to why they are the way they are. So mm-hmm. diving in deep and saying, okay, well, this realization that you had, she probably comes from having four kids under the age of four, which by the way, I, I lost more hair just hearing that. I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> that sounds intense. Um, what are some- yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like, I, I think that I need to work on that a lot is the tenderness I tend to give to my kids and not so much to Sarah. Mm-hmm. So then if I peer as being tender to hear her i'm being a little bit more arrogant like let's be a little bit more calm about this mm-hmm. and it's obvious i'm being arrogant and so <laughs> she smiled you can't see but she's smiling but i want to i want to try to in those moments now that i understand her strength and the organizer piece because that's not important to me yeah. um then I could come alongside and extend my tenderness to her which is what i want because we want a harmonious home but i, I i'm not very good at that I I feel like we've had a lot of growth over the last year on that, but just because we've been trying to understand where each other's coming from more, I think. For sure. But I like how you said, Dr. Ryan, about having your tenderness come and like go with um, the trainer Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of, because before I feel like you've had the tendency to come in and just tell me to go take a break. Yeah, not a good. And like you want to just take <laughs> over and I'm trying to tell you like I don't need a break. I just I need this to happen and this to happen and this right. to happen and they're supposed to do that and that's a clear expectation and it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm up here. Yeah, and, and instead of seeing the- why I'm up here, you're coming in being like you shouldn't be up here yeah. and go away and I'll just do it. Yeah. And then that makes Which me is feel demeaning. worse. Yeah, yeah, it's demeaning. Demeaning. yeah. Yeah. So as you think about going forward, next time this happens, what would you do differently, Ned? Um, well, now understanding, so the organizer, the organizer knowing that things, if they're in their right place for her, is going to give her more of a sense of peace. It helps me understand why I shouldn't have my clothes all piled up on the side of my bed or why when I'm like, just the dishes are fine, just leave them. I understand now how that feeds her soul more. So one, I think that it's more of a, an overarching understanding because I'd be like, it's noon, let's go outside and play. But if the house is a wreck, she can't have peace to go do that. Yeah. So I think that knowing that would probably set less of the trainer harshness to ever even show up yeah. because her world is more at peace. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. And then number two, now that I know the trainer role, when I come in, it's not that she can't handle the situation. Cause see, I come in thinking you can't handle it or you're handling it in a way I wouldn't, which is fine. Uh, I could come alongside and support you. And now you see my gift of tenderness and probably be more open to me coming alongside right. if I'm not doing it as an arrogant, right. like know it all. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Let me uh, chime in on that energy piece. So the organizer piece, it's not just mm-hmm. that 
It's not just that she feels better when it, it's that her energy will come from when things are organized. So the mm. strengths are highly mm. tied to energy. And energy, by the way, is currency for parents. You all know this. Like when your energy is low as a parent, like everything is hairpin. Like your kids come up and they can do the smallest thing and all of a sudden you're like blowing up, right? When your energy is low. And so- That is exactly me. It's <laughs> down here, right? And so she gets energy from when things are structured, when they are organized, when things are in the right place. So when the house is a mess, when the dishes aren't done, her energy levels are here. And then people are coming in and they're saying, hey, they're going against the goal she has. And she's already low here. And it's it's a recipe for volcanoes, right? Um, Sarah, does that sound at all familiar? Yeah, very, yeah. very. And I never put that together. I just thought like she's spontaneous and wants to chill, but I didn't tie it to that. The energy to be able to do that came from there being some order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it's, it's funny because I'm not like a type a personality of how people would view of, I don't have the strength of organizing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I get overwhelmed by a big, like, I can't look at a room and be like, oh, let me organize this. And then it'll, that feels good. I get the energy from it already being like that. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Like, I don't mind cleaning and stuff like that, but just if every, yeah, I just feel like life would go so much smoother and I'd have so much more peace Mm -hmm. and energy to live life if, all that wasn't floating around in my head mm-hmm. all the time. And I almost think it'd be helpful for the kids to know that too, that it's not just why is your socks on the floor again by the kitchen table? It's more about what does that do overall in the whole energy of the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now Ned on your side, like to be clear, your energy does come from a few things in here. So fortitude is about doing the right thing. So you get energy when you are living your best days. Cause that's how you do it. They should be lived best days, epic days, or we've not had a great day. Did I understand that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so trying very hard to live those, you're already doing it, but I'm also going to flip you down to tenderness, tenderness. When you express joy, when you express compassion and love to your kids, to your wife, that's when you feel the best. That's when your energy is highest in turn, when they express that to you, you feel really high. And so my guess is when you feel like the most snappy with your family are those moments when you don't feel like the family's showing love and affection to each other. And that's when you feel drained. And that's when you feel like life isn't going well. And your temper is probably at its highest. Would you say that's true? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like this weekend, we've got kids staying the night at all different places all the time. Like, wait, we're not all waking up on Sunday morning together. Like it already starts to throw things off for me. Um, so yes. Or like if we're going, going somewhere and the kids are fighting a lot. I mean, I know that rubs on any parent, but it can throw you off for the whole day. (laughs) When we went to cut our Christmas tree down just a few months ago, we were all getting in the car, right? Getting everybody out of the house is hard. So we get everybody out of the house and they're fighting in the car. And I turn around and I'm like, I only have three more Christmases with Brooklyn (laughs) to go do this. So you guys, you guys are gonna, gonna get along. It's like, and he thinks things like that in such big proportions. It's so like it's this, it has to be this epic thing. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. 
But I think there is a more regular one that happens, though. My guess is when you hear Sarah being harsh in a way that you don't approve of, like that right there sucks a lot of energy from you. Mm, and totally. So that you, your temper is super low. So that you almost come out, uh, not guns a blazing, but you almost come out, why are you doing that? Guns a blazing. Like that. Guns a blazing. That sounds yeah. Right. yeah. 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 That's that. Yeah. Just like Sarah, when your energy gets sapped, when things are chaotic in the home and it makes it so your anger's low, when he hears the harshness, he goes down here and he's all of a sudden harsh. So a lot of conflict in the home probably comes mm-hmm. from sources the, when you feel like things aren't organized and when there's a feeling of harshness. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I could tell the most examples of that is it'll be, we'll have a family night or dinner or whatever. And then it's 9.15, 9.30. Sarah goes mm-hmm. into a bedroom to say goodnight to a kid uh-huh. and then is like, why is your room such a mess? Right. Right. Because that's her energy yeah, piece. Really. But then I hear her go, I'm like, it's nine 15. Why are we? So then I, so then yep. we crawl into bed, like both zapped, but that's because I didn't understand like, why does it matter now that their room isn't organized because it doesn't give her peace or energy to go to bed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That's been a big conflict. And I've just, and then maybe because your fortitude, you just shut it, shut me down. Mm-hmm. You shut it down. And I'm not allowed to say anything before bed to the kids about their rooms. And it's been that way for like two years now. Right. <sighs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm not a peacekeeper, but I think this goes with the gracious strength. I want, I just want, it's not important enough to me to argue about it That's and fight about it that I would just concede. And just be like, okay, whatever it, I'm, whatever can make this smoother, I'm just going to sacrifice and do it. Smoother, but remember, energy is that currency. So you made it smooth, but now you're down here. For everybody else. Yeah. yeah. She made it smoother for everybody else. Yeah. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But, hmm. but here's like the short term. Yeah, you made it smoother. You didn't fight about the socks, right? But you're fighting about other things because now your energy is down here. And it's coming back. Like when your energy is super low and you have that, mm-hmm. that kind of on you know trigger trigger temper because of these low energies, yeah, you didn't fight there, but you're fighting somewhere else. It's coming out somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. You're almost just delaying the fight from tonight to mm-hmm. the bedroom, to your bedroom or in the morning. And I would I mean, I, I would even say it almost doesn't come out in a, in a fight. I mean, you know, we're married couple, so we disagree on things, yeah. but I mean, I think your sleep, you know, sometimes and like in other uh, areas, comes, I, I'm compart- I compartmentalize things a lot. So I think that I take it in and I shove it down and it doesn't necessarily come out in my relationship with you guys. It comes out to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It drains your energy is just mm-hmm. zapped more often. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, is that possible? <laughs> you don't have to be a psychologist to say, don't do that. <laughs> right? like, don't, don't do that. Like, it, it's okay like to just express. And so as I hear, what I'm hearing is that when things aren't organized, like it, it's, it's hard on you, Sarah, and you're internalizing it because you don't want to be overly harsh because that's hard on right. Ed, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Is there a solution that we can come to in which you both have great energy from this when Sarah, you don't have to pull it in and Ned, you don't have to hear the, the harshness. What's a way to get you both. So you're, you're living the best versions of yourself. So do you have, I have an idea. Go ahead. Okay. 
I think that my fortitude is almost like because there's so much good stuff out there in the world that could be done. <laughs> my fortitude ends up like just leveling up all the time to where dishes and an organized house is not important because compared to mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. its value is lower. If I look at it as a, if I look at it as dirty dishes, but if I were to look at it as my highest and best and most important, whatever mm-hmm. is my family and my home to know that that gives her energy. Yeah. Then I think me, I think me turning my fortitude to go, Oh, that's why this is so valuable for our home to feel this way then that so i think it falls on me or that's where i would take responsibility is to make that important in my fortitude strength i feel kind of bad cuz i feel like this whole time we've been just talking about how you could improve and and support me better but i i do want to piggyback on that a little bit like for example when we lived in this house here we lived in a little house here on our property that was just over a thousand square feet. So like 1300 <laughs> square feet with our five kids. Yeah, wow. And the, it was always the point we were going to renovate and, and things like that. But um, it was never a priority for Ned. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw you under the bus Do here it. for a second. Um, when we moved into this house, it was built in 1959, everything original, mm-hmm. including like the stove. And it had an electric like coil, coil, <laughs> four burner stove. One burner was working. Oh, we had that. F- we did not replace it for two years. Yeah. And then he finally replaced it. And it was just me. I don't like to be a burden to people. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a nag as far as not, I, no. I didn't ask him every day. But it was clear that I would love to have a different stove to cook for our family of seven on. And and then our dishwasher had broken also. And that also took – it actually took us just moving. (laughs) It was broken for two years also. And it's not because we didn't have the means to fix it or anything. It was because there was always this higher purpose of of like – we're going to redo our whole house. So that's, you know, so we're just going to live with it like this for a while. And I'd offer to get like a, go get a dishwasher, but you, but it would be more like, well, why don't we just actually renovate our house? Like we're supposed to, but then he's working on this company and that company and podcasts and rebel and create and writing a book and all this stuff. So then it's just like, the way our family was living wasn't a priority for you because you can operate in that on the organizer fine. side. Yeah. Right. So as far yeah. as like vacations and fun, fun all the time, but important yeah. to you. Yeah. I didn't make those things. Important. So that's what even I would even bring that in the aspect of the organizer. It's not always it is about not living in chaos and things having order in the home, but it's even having a having a a place a space for our whole family to retreat to, yeah. to live in. Right. Yeah. And I and feel I like you're say, understanding that more now. Yeah. There was an event that happened last a year ago. Um, just like um, somebody that we knew that their, their marriage fell apart. And so that's when it was kind of an aha for me that I didn't, I want to do everything in my power for that not to happen and not just mm. let her grace run out. Because mm-hmm. like you could hear she's been gracious for a long time, like never resentful of the stuff, but that was about to run out. 
and um so that's all changed uh, we have a dishwasher and a six burner stove everybody <laughs> <laughs> Five more this is true it's gonna make a big difference um, <laughs> I um what i heard there so this is just one last point um that you're having fun you're creating these experiences and that's because you're both so high in inspiration you're both like yeah let's live life to the fullest but to be complete you got to remember you have these other strengths as well and organize your yeah. your tenderness is one here um, and I think there are ways, Sarah, to for you to express the needs that you have without it being harsh, without it going out of line with this tenderness. It's leaning into the common values that you two have. And it, Ned, I think you said it there at the end, is I didn't realize that these things would, would help my family so much, that, that this was so important for my family life. And so mm-hmm. what I would say is what Sarah is, seems to be asking for is, um, making sure that the order and structure of the home is a part of what it means to live a best life for your family. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Dr. Ryan, that was helpful. Yeah. This is, this is really like truly been helpful in uncovering need or, uh, strengths, uh, needs, and I don't want to say weaknesses, but areas of growth, you Mm. know, so this has been really, really incredible. Um, I think even more so than I had anticipated. So thank you. Thank you for digging into these. Um, the work that you guys are doing is really powerful. And so I would like to kind of end with with two questions for you is, you know, one, if somebody wants to go take this assessment, where can they do that? So you can go to incrediblefamily.com and you can either buy the book, Incredible Parent. It's a great read. I might recommend that being first, but if you feel like you just want to dive right into the assessment, go ahead and sign up to take the assessment there as well. I should mention the Incredible Parent book comes with a free assessment, Uh, but you can purchase assessments individually at incrediblefamily.com. Yeah, perfect. We actually just, um, for our whole team, we bought the book for them and their spouse and if they wanted it. So everybody just finished reading it. So thank you. And then another question I had, and and this isn't for, for me necessarily, but for people listening, you know, this is, this is a really huge opportunity. And, and I know that at your guys' core mission and values is like, you want to see homes with incredible families. And so if somebody's listening to this, um, and loves the work you're doing. Are you guys looking for more coaches? And, and is that something that there's an opportunity where, and if somebody was interested in that, where would they learn about it? Yeah, we're constantly actually looking for more coaches. So not only do we use coaches in our consulting with, we help organizations to work, help working parents. We help parents directly. So we're always looking for coaches to help in that, but we also certify coaches to be able to be strengths-based family coaches. And you can find more information about both those at our website, incrediblefamily.com. It's a big mission. And so it really is a call. And I'm glad you pointed out, come help. We need, the world needs strong families. A strong world comes from strong families. And so please take part in any mm. way you can for this. Beautiful. And then if somebody takes the assessment, reads the book, and then they want to do a coaching session like this, they can also sign up on your website and do that. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, love it, man. We, we thank you for your time. We thank you for the work you you are doing. We appreciate it and look forward to, you know, just seeing incredible family, just really flourish and make a huge impact in our world. These two are awesome. I loved this and thank you for letting me take part. I appreciate it. What'd you think? Pretty dope. I got thrown under the bus a little bit, but 
That's why I'm here, right? That's why you're here is to grow, not to point fingers. So I, I loved it. I loved how it turned out and it was even better than I could have imagined. Literally showed up without any plan, any intention around it and just let Dr. Ryan do his thing. You guys, I know you're here because you want to really embrace your fatherhood role. I'd encourage you, go buy the book, read it. It's a quick read. Take the assessment, get one for your spouse. Um, Take it so that you can then, even on your own, better understand each other and how you can work together. And go check out IncrediblePamily.com, everything that they're up to. Uh, You can also hear more about it in episode 118, where I interviewed Dr. Ryan and Brandon and I really hammered on them like who are you guys to make this thing um just because I'm that guy right I want to know who I'm working with I want to know that the people that are pouring into me have done the work themselves and these guys have they're the real deal check it out thank you so much I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast what you do matters Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And please, 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 this all matters to me so much. Fatherhood is critical for the stability of our world. Please just take a moment and write a review on whatever podcast platform that you are listening to this on. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.